And mate. I fucking hate fly fishing. I think I've made that perfectly clear on this program. <laughs> Welcome to the Deep Drop. Luke McCredden here and with me, Adam Ring. Adam, welcome. Well, well, it's like a welcome back really, isn't it? We've had a bit of a break. Yeah, it feels like a welcome back. We did have uh, we did have a bit of a break. Things got a bit chaotic. Unfortunately, this, is, this isn't the only thing we can do for our day job, Luke. But it was a nice little, uh, I don't know, it was a nice little break just to, just to mix it up a bit. It wasn't the worst thing to get away from the microphones ads, but... Nonetheless, we're back into it and it feels good. It feels right. Yeah, yeah, it does. And as you and I have spoken a fair bit over that over those couple of weeks, we weren't recording. Mm. Lots of exciting things we plan on doing. Just need to set the wheels in Ooh, motion. Yes. And a few few bits and pieces going on in the background that I think could be pretty exciting, both for the podcast yep. and just in you know just in general just life in general itself. Life. It's it's been a crazy couple of weeks, but it's been really good. Every time I've spoken to you, Ad, you've been on the road, um, obviously working away. Um, we probably haven't really delved into too much about what it is that you do on the roads, Ad. So I reckon now our family out there that listen could probably get a bit of an insight here into Adam Ring on Life on the Road documentary. <laughs> oh, it would be pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> what do you to do? To be perfectly honest. Tell 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 our friends. What is it that you do and get up to and Yeah, well yeah. well these days these days I'm a sales rep for Rapala. So I ticked over twelve months of doing that in February this year. And uh, for those that may or may not know, I'd worked in a tackle shop for a long time down in Cranbourne and Mornington at Tackle World there. And uh and finished up there 12 months before the big closure of both of those businesses, mm. which was a pretty big topic that went throughout the fishing industry. Um, but it's all been it's all been positive, both for Paul and everyone at the shop, including myself. And yeah, life on the road now. I'm just about to expand the territory and take over the rest of the state. So that's nice. that's what I've been doing for the last few weeks, being introduced to every tackle store in a, in. Australia in Victoria that um, you know represents Rapala gear and and that'll be me moving forward. Which is pretty awesome. The best thing about it is when I catch up with you, Adam, I end up walking away with boxes full of Rapala lures that you haven't seen me walk out of your house with. So it's great for me. I wonder where all my samples went. <laughs> uh, still an absolute go-to for just it. Just it's ridiculous how. And and I'll even expand on this a little bit actually. Now that I think about it, a friend of ours um, over in New Zealand, the hard body lures over there are referred to as rapalas. Did you know that? Like so, no, the whole, I didn't. The whole you know, so like you know when we talk about a um, ice box like as, an a, esky. as an esky, yeah, yes. So same same. Yep. So you walk into a tackle shop and say, "Where are your rapalas?" And they'll point to the wall with which has got you know many multiple brands on it. Rapalas. That's just what they sort of refer to them as. I wish it was like that here. Yeah. <laughs> God. I've got 50,000 Rapalas on the wall. Um, but yeah, there you go. But yeah, no, it just um, made me think when you, when we were talking about that and I was talking to him recently and he's been, he's a very much a blue water guy, but he's been mucking around with some trout recently, which is pretty cool. But back to my point was that, is there any more reliable allure than a Rapala, you know, count death, floating or seed, whatever it is on trout? 
it's it's so hard to to choose anything else if you had to find one. Yeah, it is, and that's kept me going for the last probably six weeks because because <laughs> the weather's we've had such an yeah, and we've had such an unbelievable an unbelievable trout season with yeah. every all those little rivers and tributaries that copped heaps of water. They're all running pretty clear. They're all running pretty well, and there's been lots of fish fish around and. When it comes to freshwater fishing, particularly for trout, Rapala is a staple. And and on top of that too, we're also the agents for blue fox. So Vibrac spinners, mm. Salters, we you know, we sell both of those too, which yeah. there's basically three of the, you know, the biggest names in freshwater fishing. Yeah. So and, and that's really been that's, that's been really good. And the staple. Like if you had a box with a, a few of those each, you're kind of set. Like you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, apart, that's right. Apart from a say a soft plastic you could throw in there, you, you're basically yep. you're sorted. I um Lee Rayner said to me um or said recently in a a shoot we were doing for Anaconda that going trout fishing without a Rapala lure is like going to a barbecue without sausages. And <laughs> it's, like, it's actually a pretty good call. It's, you don't rock up. You don't. You know, it's rare that you have a barbecue and no snags. Yeah, that's um, right. That's right. Now. You you mentioned something very interesting then. I picked up on it. I wonder if the listeners did too. And you said mm. recently a shoot for Anaconda. You've had a bit of a change of scenery over the last few months too, which has been a bit of a whirlwind. What have you been up to? It's true. And I was just realized, as you said that, when I when we started this show, I wasn't in the position I was now actually. So that's, yeah. Um, so I spent, God, uh, eight years, I think it was, working for head office of Complete Angler the independent retail group, which is obviously lots of uh, Metro Melbourne. A lot of people listening will be familiar with Complete Angler stores. But, um, yeah, made the shift, the transition over to um, big box in, in retail terms. And, mate, it's been a great opportunity. Uh, yeah, I suppose dragged in there and um, had a, we had a good chat and before we knew it, new career underway. And I'm loving it, mate. It's it's an absolute blast. Incredible business. Um to be part of, obviously, prior to Complete Angler, it was Tackle World. So very much independent going into these these larger stores is, oof, it's been it's a real life. It's isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it's amazing. So, yeah, so in that sort of, obviously, in that fishing category and, and marine space, so it's, you know, we're playing in the playing in the fields we love, Edge, which is pretty, pretty bloody awesome. So um, very fortunate to be part of and, you know, basically, Lee Rayner and I were able to talk fishing, 24 7 and it's not bad and then i'll come home and talk to you about fishing yeah that's pretty <laughs> awesome anyone i think after all these years we'd get over it but no nah, it's I, I can't i can't get no, over it can't. because the thing is too it's not as if it's the same thing for 20 years 15 years whatever it is it's evolving it evolves every six months and there's something new coming out whether it's new products from you guys or another another supplier out there or it's just a new evolution in you know a different type i'm sitting here with a spool of braid in front of me like when you know, obviously there's going to be massive changes like when braid hit the market or soft plastics hit the market way back when or you know at, at the moment there's been big shifts in electronics so just wrapping your head around it or you can't get tired of it can you I, I, no. I just i find myself just sitting there going shit i better learn about that now <laughs> well that's well that's why you know the both of us have been in the industry for near on 20 years Fuck. And it doesn't get and it doesn't get boring. I <laughs> know oh, it doesn't get boring because I say it way too often. It, mm. It's why it's one of the best hobbies, yeah, to have because you'll never clock it. 
No. Nah. There, there's always something. There's always something to try. The Some fisheries are ever evolving. Some people do. You yeah. just have to ask them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, but but so, there's always something changing. There's always something to play with, whether it be on the gear side, whether it be on a technical side, whether it be electronics, whether it be developing fisheries, declining fisheries. There's always yeah. ways. There's always things to do. Uh, there's always things to try and, and try and wrap your head around. Time is the biggest enemy of this hobby oh, that mate. we love, Luke. Oh, if anyone's got any tips on how to fucking stretch more time out of a day, <laughs> seriously... Let me know. I wonder, though, given the, the time we've been involved in it, and you longer than I, um, what is, and this is a real just question without notice, but what has been the biggest one for you that's been a real industry shaker in a good way? Well, there's, I remember, I remember in my second year in the tackle shop. So that would be 17 years ago. 16 years ago, 16 or 17, long time. It was when Snapper went completely burko mm. for the first time uh, to the point where by the time the end of October rolled around, majority of the Snapper fishers had caught more Snapper than they've ever caught. Yeah. So instead of getting over it, we saw the soft plastics revolution. We saw more three to six kilo outfits leave the shop than ever before. 4,000 size reels, um, braid, jig heads, and soft plastics. And it changed it changed everything because the fishing was that good. I remember standing at the front doors of Cranbourne there and people coming in saying, oh, where do I catch a snapper? And we wouldn't be lying by saying it doesn't matter. Just go out of paddo, find a bit of mud, drop the anchor, and you'll catch them. And it... And it kind of felt in that season, it kind of felt like that That mm. was legitimately how it rolled. Yeah. They were everywhere. They weren't huge fish, but they were three to five kilos. Mm. So it's not like they were pinkies. Yeah. And it was and it was just incredible. It was Port Phillip. It was Western Port still had a full a full season. Yeah. And then people got they didn't get over it, but They'd caught so many fish, fishing traditional methods by the time we'd call what the snapper season would start now. They'd already caught them. Then it kind of, people started experimenting with stuff, which which was really cool because at the time it yeah. was soft plastics. And we've had other, you know, we've had different evolution of different gear in that time, but it hasn't taken off like what soft plastics no. did then. And to be honest, I couldn't, I don't think people weren't catching records amount of fish on soft plastics. It was, it was brand new. I mean, it was already yeah. big in the brim scene. It was always, it was already big in like the flathead scene, but it yeah. was, it was still a niche thing. I mean, this is, this is the time when squidgies first hit the market. Do you remember those DVDs when that stuff started? Yeah. Starlo and Bushy were at Malakuta. Oh, this was, this is that, like that time, yeah, what, that was you, big. Was there? A, what do you remember? What the goes? Like, was there a particular? Because over the over the journey, over the years, we've seen trends in snapper soft plastics, and I'm, I'll talk probably more here in Victoria. I know there's a big market for it on the all up the coast of New South Wales, especially northern through winter. But down here, the, we've had waves of different trends, which is 
that's how fishing goes in the industry. But do you remember what it was back then or was it just yep. people just trying different shit? Like it was yesterday. Yeah, what was it? Like it was yesterday because it was too plastic. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was a gulp five-inch jerk shad nuclear chicken. Nice, yeah. And it was a 110 mil pilly flick bait by Squidgy. So that's funny because that realistically continued for the best part of 10 years then as the go-to, yep. those two flick baits and jerk shad. Yep. Because You'd that was more of those colors in those sizes than anything. And there was bits and pieces that worked on mm. the fringes. I remember we were very influenced by the South Australian market for a little while. True. I remember, do you remember the old lemon chicken yes. um, squidgy flick baits? They were only in 145 mil. They were, the they were only in a yeah. big size. Yep. That took off over in South Australia for a little bit. So there was a little bit of a trickle down effect there. Mm. Uh, and then and then we went through the the Lacanus. Yeah. Or basically the slow octo style jig things, which I'll never say really took off no. here, but it got spurred on a little bit by the South Australian fishery, yep. which is such a different fishery to ours. Yep. But it was the, those were the plastics. It was it was mm. a pilly flick bait or it was a nuclear chicken jerk shad. That's so cool because I I I would have kept the squidgy brand afloat with the amount of packets of flick baits that I bought over the years. <laughs> I've still got that many. <laughs> Have you actually? <laughs> oh, did you, that's wrong. Is it one tens or did you? Because I remember stepping up to the one forty one forties or one forty five. One forty five. One forty fives. Yeah, I remember stepping up to that one after a while. But one. I've got a box like, of one tens, like a tackle box yeah. of one tens and a tackle box of one forty fives. Keep them. They could be because like you just collect colours for the sake of it. A while. Yeah. Yeah, and you just it, collect colours for the sake of it. It was pearly and white. What was the white one pearl, called? Was pearl. It? Pearl. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was solid. Yeah, P- Pilly was hard to beat, wasn't it? Oh, but there, just... there was a bit of a... And again, this has probably just come down to people experimenting, which was awesome. I love that whole concept of people just trying shit because they're bored. But the bigger grubs started working for a while. That Yeah, that was a bit later on. That was, yeah. when, that was when we all started to figure out fishing slow was beneficial. Yeah. Like a big... Like a big six-inch gulp grub, saltwater grub, or a 145-mil wriggler or 160 yep. mil wriggler which was a little bit further down and lighter. fishing them that's right lighter heads and fishing yep. them quite slow like literally just lifting and dropping on them whereas a flick bait or a jerk shad you had to work the rod tip quite quick to yeah. dart it around you were using quite heavy jig heads i think um, from memory i was fairly consistently early on just using half ounce jig heads like like yes. half ounce 4050 hooks and that's only and fishing ten like ten meters of water. Tops, it's not like we were fishing yeah. excessive, no, excessive and, amounts of water. And when you think about it, when, once you lightened up, all of your hookups come on the drop, like every single yes. one of them. Like you know, yeah. so it was the it hang. Was, well, the hang time was key. It's yeah, it, which makes perfect sense because you you sit out there and anchor up with your pillies and your silver whiting, mm. and the first thing you do is use the smallest pea sinker <laughs> that you can find, or no sinker at all, because you want yeah. the hang time. So that that was a huge one. Yeah. Oh, and and it continues to be in that it's not. I still don't think it's overly. It's done over the top. Like I still think it's still not every man and his dog's doing it, and rightly so. Like I think people want to catch their fish, and and baits gonna probably outfish anything else in a place like Port Phillip Bay. But man, there's some good plastic options on the market now that you could. Well, I, I'm not quite sure about that. Because I think what changed for the plastics thing is the Port Phillip Bay, especially that fishery changed. Mm. And I was only having a conversation with a charter boat operator in Western Port, Steve Johnson, about this 
um, over the radio. Johnson. Yeah, he's still, he's he's still, still getting it done. Still Jesus getting it done. Christ. But on we're, actually, we're actually talking about when snapper fishing changed for Western Port. Western Port used to be... The snapper season was so beautiful back in the day because from August to October was the prime time to go and fish Western Port. Mm. And then from November through to March, you could basically just take the boat over to Port Phillip. And we had these... So the two main waterways in Victoria, our two best waterways for snapper, worked hand in hand. One went from one went early, one went late. Perfect. But then we had the dredging of the Port Phillip Bay entrance, and everything changed a little bit. And I, it prompted me to go back and have a look at a little bit of, just a little bit of paperwork on what actually happened through that through that time. Mm. It, it's really interesting how different the fisheries have been since that project was completed. It's Western Port doesn't seem to have a snapper season anymore. It's just mm. not as it's not as good. It seems to be over before it even starts. We saw. Remember when a twenty pound snapper? We were only ever going to see two to three twenty pound snapper a season, and they were all going to come from Western Port. Western Port, yeah. Yeah. Yet since the since the dredging, you see more twenty pound fish from Port Phillip Bay. Mm. But overall, I don't think the snapper fishing is as good as what it was. I don't know if it's got anything to do with what happened in the in the bay through those times because yeah. you have a look at some of the fishery studies, and we have actually had two of the top three spawning success rates for snapper in Port Phillip Bay on record, and two of them out of the three have been post yeah. dredging. So you can't really say it's a it's hard it's to pinpoint an anything, thing. and we've spoken about it on this show before. We've had the question raised about about snapper, and and I think what we the conclusion we came to is that there's so many factors that can uh, determine what the season's going to be like, and that a lot of environmental uh, as well as anything else. So it's hard to pinpoint anything really. Without, I mean, I'm sure that the top fishery scientists in the world have got it got it close but you know what i mean like it's it's real it's hard to yeah. completely it's still say. evolving yeah yeah it's still totally. evolving but it, i good. still i think in victoria too a lot of the a lot of it comes down to and it's not just with fishing it's with everything it, it's hard to veer away from what's worked for so long yeah it's always going to be a bait fishery i think there's yeah. some i think there's some stuff to do that we can do as anglers to help improve our chances yeah. And 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 it doesn't even need to be lures. I mean, you and I talk about live bait so often. Yeah. Even in private, it, you know, we always get onto this topic of live baiting for snapper in Port Phillip Bay, especially. Mm. But it'd be no different in Western Port. I just no. And I think it's because of past. You know, we ha- we've never needed to go to the effort to get live bait to make yeah. sure that we got because you could just you could sound them up and catch them on. Frozen yeah, but and I think that's a thing. I think in fishing, legacy always plays a part. If it, if there's yeah. something that's worked, it's hard to drag yourself away from that. But but I think everyone probably has a fair understanding that something like a live bait's gonna work, but it involves a bit different of an effort, a bit more effort potentially. But um, but it's the same. Like even you know that, like I said earlier, that New South Wales, mid North Coast, and 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 or even along the whole coast, really that soft plastic fishing on the reef on the you know. And the bombies and all that it's just it's insane it's something i really want to do um I've, we've done a bit of it in the south coast but i want to do more further north middle of winter i was actually you might rec- you might 
you might have noticed the beer I'm drinking at the moment ads. I'm in Queensland mode at the <laughs> yes. moment. It's 4X gold. I've spent, <laughs> uh, I've spent a fair bit of time in <laughs> Queensland. Uh, I'm actually heading up there tomorrow. No, on Wednesday as well, doing a bit of work. But I caught up with um, and fished with for a, for a particular shoot we're doing with work with E.T., the nice. great man. Yep. And, and I hadn't really spent much time with E.T. other than probably online or on the phone. And 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 um, we got chatting about he spends a lot of time fishing, snapper fishing on, you know, down that down that coast or up that coast, I should say. And we were just talking about it and he's just saying that, like, come winter, it's just game on and you can throw jigs and plastics and potentially do some trolling with hard bodies and things like that. And, yeah, it's just it's just on. Well, I wonder. I wonder if that opens up because I think we are in the middle of another revolution as we speak. It's only. It's probably realistically, it's probably a couple of years old, but I think it's really. It's going to change the industry, in the next couple of years, and that's with the electro on the electronic side of things Oof. with live imaging and. So is that uh, doable in in the somewhere like the bay? Well, I think, I think yes, but you would have to get creative with it. And the reason I say that, I was having a conversation with um, with a young man who has been doing a lot of cod fishing with it uh, up in a store in Benalla. And he actually, it was the first conversation I've had with anyone that's used live scope where he was looking at it more, more than just, oh, there's a fish, I'll cast at it. Mm. It, he was he was taking so many notes on mental notes on bits and pieces as in he's actually tuning in on what those cod and he's fishing at Eildon what lures those cod will shy away from or even look at so he's not obviously he's he's fishing to catch a fish mm. but he's not so much at the end game and the be all and end all isn't catching it he's working out what lures they want to look at what lures they'll interested will come up on and turn away compared to what ones they'll commit to compared to ones that they'll just watch swim past. Yeah, yeah. And now when that comes to snapper fishing, also I think we'd have to get a little bit more creative. Bait fishing, I don't think it's really relevant, to be honest, because no. I just you've got to be mobile. I think to get the most out of active target or live scope, whatever brand you're using, I think the point's to be active. But it'd be interesting to see as a lure fisherman, if you could sound up a school of snapper or say you're in Port Phillip Bay and you get the, not so much the mother load of fish, but you get the traditional, the classic, I've got a couple of archers every 10 metres. Yeah. It'd be interesting to put live scope down and see how those fish, if you can pick them up on scope, how they react to plastics or jigs or, you know, just the lure bits and pieces that we always swear it has to work on snapper. There's been so many occasions now that you say it like that where I think, oh, would have given anything to see, you know, because sometimes you'll get a mad bite or, or you'll hook up properly and you just think, where did that come from? You know, so yeah. To, that, yeah, you're right. That would be an absolute game changer to start looking at that stuff. Um, but but then again, I don't know, I don't know how successful that it would be in that depth of water or in that situation because all the stuff that we've seen heavily promoted and most of the anglers that are using it they're empowerment fishermen for for big fairly like whether it be empowerment barra up north whether it be um murray cod down here in the south or i know all the initial stuff was done on bass like there was remember the 
there was all the little promo videos of bass coming up on just little vertical jigs and bits and pieces, spoons and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see as it evolves because we haven't Mm. seen the best version of it yet. This is the other thing that's just absolutely mind-blowing. We haven't seen the best version of it yet. Which is crazy. Yeah, it's insane. But because if this is the if this is oh, I won't say the first, but if this is sort of phase one and two, think about what phase one and two of sounders look like compared to what where they're at now. Yeah, that's right. So this is just the beginning. God help us when we get to phase ten of this live scope yeah. or live <laughs> imaging or whatever. It'll just yeah. be flat out. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> but um, it's pretty cool. That's good. But again, that goes back to, you know, what we're talking about with um you know, over the journey, just seeing so many things come and go, whether it be pro- hot products or not so much come and go, just come like or just the evolving sort of technology of electronics, line, rods, reels. It's nuts. It's great. Couldn't be Oh, it's awesome. Couldn't it's be in a better industry, I reckon. Yeah. Do you know, just off topic, and this is I was just thinking about this earlier today and it's I don't know why it just came back in my head then. This is the worst segue I've ever done, but I just keep thinking about it. I was online, I was talking and, and just having a look at some fishing imagery, images, like really shit hot fishing stills. Like photography not, type. Photography. There's not, I don't know if it's just me. I don't feel like there's many really good fishing photographers around anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like if I said you find me a bunch of or some some a website where there's just great fishing images from Australia, McGla- like McGlashan, I would like is still doing it, but I'm just like, I couldn't find anywhere else. Like, do you know what I mean? I just feel like maybe ten years ago or something, there's some really good photographers and good images. Because do you, you reckon? I reckon maybe we just don't give a shit about photos anymore. As in that, that yeah. as in that really. I'm not talking like just a a snap of a catch, like I'm talking proper, yeah, proper photography. I just don't think we care. I think we're we're in such an age of video, yeah, and and very much, yeah, quick upload. Yeah. Um, which is which, but then again, that still doesn't make sense because I wouldn't say there's an abundance of really highly polished. And produced video content. No, that's that's true, but it's it's fast consuming. It's like, but I was on Al's site today, and I'm like, I still. And you're right, we probably don't care as much. But when you actually find good images, you go, "Fuck, it's pretty good. It's pretty cool to look at." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know why I was I was thinking about it so much, but I'm like, I just feel like maybe there used to be times weird. Just be able to get really, really be able to consume just a heap of great images. Maybe, maybe it's with the, I won't say downfall, but I suppose lessening of print mags potentially because yeah. that were they were always some of the top ones were always full of. Well, that's where you'd that, always see it. What was that really good one that was out for a while? Didn't last long, but the images. Was it fish were, life, fish life, or? fish life, fish life. Yeah. That's it. That's it. It was based life. around photography. They actually it wanted was. writers that were photographers or essentially amateur photographers yeah. as well as someone who would that? churn out an article. That's it. That I didn't last long, did it, from memory? No, because it sort of came on towards the back end of the magazine thing. Yeah, true. That was, but yeah, that's a good example of one that you'd sort of just, you'd know you'd be getting good good photos through. Um, yeah. But yeah, 
anyway, it is an I, interesting. It's an interesting part of it though, because you're right. Photos don't really seem to mean dick all anymore. Well, I don't, and maybe people like you say that no, we're not caring about it anymore. From a consumer, well, we're probably not. But even from, are there even people putting in effort with a st- with a camera anymore to take stills? It's like people that are buying cameras like that now are wanting to film stuff. I'm sure that yeah, video. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. Oh, I just yeah. think. Do you think maybe we're just overlooking at pictures in general? I mean, how many times with a you know with Instagram and bits and pieces mm. where it's so easy to miss good imagery now because we're just used to flicking through it and going yeah, yeah. I've seen it I've seen it all maybe before. but but it depends I think one of the reasons I thought of it is because I and this might sound really nerdy but I, I follow quite a few wildlife photographers because I, I just I love you know some of that imagery and 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 then. I just feel like when you so when I'm going through my feed, I'll find that, and then but it's rare that I stumble across a really amazing fishing, yeah, or fish image. Is it because fish I'm, is I'm, I'm sure, to photograph? Probably, yeah, but but, but yeah, but it what people still do it, but I'm just you yeah. know what I mean. So it's doable, but it's just effort. Maybe there's not reward yeah. for effort anymore. Reward for effort. Because remember on the photography side, we went through that little craze where everyone was taking a photo of, I don't know, I don't, still don't know how they did it. It shows how much I know about photography. <laughs> but where the lens was kind of split in half and you could see under the water for half, but you could see above. Yeah. So you'd oh, see that... the fish in the water and then you'd see the angler standing at the back yeah, and you'd get yeah. this half-half. They're Why still awesome. They so that's, it? well, it's the the housing that the cameras are in. So they're in a big, you know, dome housing and it gets that. Like Al does that all the time. Yeah. And, and it looks, awesome. you're right, it looks awesome. But that see, that's a lot of coin to be spending on that gear too. So, mate, I don't know. Maybe people aren't doing it because there's not a market for it anymore. As as far as you know, it's prob. Is it? Is it? Can you make some money out of it as much as you used to be able to? Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah, it's but a you're shame, right. It's probably it's probably not there. And I know that, like to your point, there are obviously people that still do it, and I'm not saying that no one does it, but I feel like it's harder to come across these days. Especially like on a professional I'm level. A, I'm a fan of photos still, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Old school. <laughs> I don't know. I just, you know, there's part of me that just fucking take a good photo. Put the phone away. Get your camera out. <laughs> well, then what, but, but what about, so then what about fishing media in general? I mean, how much stuff do you find yourself sitting down and wash, watching that's actually fishing yeah. related these days? Um, as much as what you were 10 years ago when the best way to consume fishing content was either on free-to-wear TV or... I would DVDs. say that the bulk of my uh, fishing media consumption was probably when I was a kid because you would never miss an episode of Rex Hunt's Fishing oh, or, or Mal- Malcolm Douglas. I know we've spoken about this stuff on the show before, but you'd also be subscribed to four different magazines so they'd rock up in the mail, you'd get them, you'd yes. read every fucking word in every page of it yeah. and every image yeah. you'd be soaking in. I reckon over the years you've we... sort of skimmed over that a bit more and you're just like, yeah, cool. Like, cause, and, and I think the other part of that is there's been this influx of mass amounts. So you're sort of seeing it every time you're online or every time you're anywhere nearer any sort of fishing-related website or whatever it is. So it's kind of like... Maybe in a way it's lost its magic. Yeah, because I, I miss I miss the big 
fishing productions. And I mean, like, remember when you when you'd buy a DVD? And yeah. Remember, because it all you know with the old Strike Zone DVDs that McLash did, yep. or even with oh, what yeah. Winger did with Secret Silver and yep. Big Red, because all that that was local, so that was taking it to a different level for us too. Because you know, Great Grey Subs like Secret yeah. Silver, but yeah, just, there was a, there was a period there where DVDs absolutely dominated, didn't they? Because there was all the yeah. um, was it the AFN? No, was it eight? No, what were the ones that the were fishing, like all the fishing? The fishing show? Oh no! It the, used to get like them snapper secrets and the or yeah yeah yeah. But then there was like a subscription based one, a monthly that, subscription. I can't remember. Yeah, there was the What's yeah there was called, the monthly actually? ones and there was the people are out there listening screaming at their speakers. Going, Is it it's the, called was the, it just the was it just the fishing DVD? Might have been just the fishing DVD. Rainer yeah. was in a bunch of them. I feel like yeah, there was there was heaps. Um, yeah. I think Steve Morgan did a heap of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Geez, I wouldn't mind having a watch of some of them now to see how I know. dated they'd be or how, you know, how it might be one. I I'm sure think, there'd be some well, gold in some of that stuff where you go, shit, why aren't I do doing you know, that anymore? Do you know why? Because I reckon that's what that stuff is what we're watching in one and a half minute clips on YouTube now, even down to the quality. Yeah. Which shows you how far that side of the industry is become that media part but like can you imagine can you imagine now like do you reckon there would be any serious market for say i don't know whether whether it's paul worsling or lee rayner or they actually put together a production i'm talking an hour and a half how they structure it i don't know they're better at this stuff than i am but 100 like, percent. It's, like, it's almost like a film. It's almost like a film. 100 percent. I think there would be absolutely. But it, the kicker is, it has to be engaging every fucking second of it, and and yeah. that's that's life with any sort of form of that media now. You you, you can't afford to have a lull, and I know no, that's that's, right. that's harsh, but it's so and like. There, and there needs every, to be a point. There needs to be a point these these days. There can't just be. Oh yeah, we're just going fishing in Western Port. Like there's got to be a point. Like I think of that, uh, that geo bass stuff. Those fly oh, fishermen, and man. I fucking hate fly fishing. I think I've made that perfectly clear on this program <laughs> in the past. But I, I hadn't noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I, te- I try not to beat yeah. around the bush, Luke. No. Um, I couldn't stop watching that no, because it, it was action packed. There was a point. They just they travelled all over the world. It was about getting into remote areas that no one had fished, and they just yeah. wanted to collect the worldwide species list of bass caught on fly. Do you know what that is? That's a journey. Yeah. So as but a consumer, a you're in the journey and there's That's a right. point to everything they're doing. Do you know... It's a production. There's still a few things like that, like international. I don't don't know if it's much of it here locally, but um, fly fishing, again, while the, the, the boys... They've that's got set, it worked out. The wild fly production. Production. The wild fly productions, it's called. If you, ever, if you want to have a look at the... Their YouTube channel, they take you on a journey every time. It's fly fishing, but their attention to detail around how they shoot and what they do. Mate, I watch that all day long and then I walk away going, I don't even like fly fishing. I don't even, <laughs> what am I doing? I'm, but I'm so, intri- I'm so intrigued and I'm so entrenched in this story and this journey that these dudes are going on. Exactly the same. 
that GeoBus stuff was, and you, I think oh, you, it was put, you, 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 you boys put me onto that, and I, I couldn't keep away from it after I saw yeah. it. But it was incredible. So, so your point, hundred percent. I think there'd be a. It's a it's a really hard one because, well, it's not. But it's it you can, if it's done by people, so our sort of I suppose biggest faces in the game could be really done cool because you sort of oh, already know awesome. who they are and maybe you could get a bit of an insight into what you don't know about them or whatever. Well, but then I again, but that'd be awesome for to watch those guys because all of a sudden you would be watching them doing and chasing the species that they hold dearest to their heart. Because yeah. you, ha- you have a look at, and, you know, let's use, I go, go back to the Rex Hunt days, whether it was Rex mm. Hunt or whether it was iFish, whether it was any of that stuff. It's about appealing to everybody in the country. So they're doing bits and pieces all over the place. They're showcasing Australia and its fishing destinations to a beautiful point. Like it was yeah. unreal. It would, But if you were able to see, say, like a movie-length production on what, what they like to do based like based around fishing and it, and it, it's a fishing production not you know it's not a yeah he, here's the thing that pieces. here's the thing that would be that would need to be taken out that I don't think's ever been done I'm making the statement I don't think it's ever been done in this country a production on TV YouTube to a degree nah TV we'll stick with TV and and a lot of YouTube that isn't selling something. Yes. You remove that, different story, to completely different beasts. And I'm not knocking the selling part. It's the game we're in. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, because there's an absolute need for all that, right? That's how, that's how the world goes around. But I'm just oh, saying, if, if you took that, if you had the ability to take that element out, and this is where it gets hard because something or someone has to fund these projects. Mm. But if you had the ability to take that out and had the freedom to do whatever you wanted without the um, constraints of ensuring that you're tickling your sponsors, mate, the world's your oyster. You couldn't do it without the sponsors though. If you want to release it on a, on you a could. large... Oh. You just need it funded. Absolutely yeah, you could. True. Hundred percent, but but no, we're not we're not in like, and it depends. Like, okay, you talk about these GeoBass guys, right? You, straight off the bat, I could tell you, and it's been ten years since I've watched it or whatever. Who it was sponsored by? Yeah, same. Go. And it's funny because it wasn't it wasn't a fishing brand. No, so so, but but they also weren't selling it. Is Correct. my point, right? So, so you can have it, let's call it funded or sponsored, yeah. whatever you want to call yeah. it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know what you're saying. Sorry, the light bulb's just gone off in my tiny little brain. Now, I understand what, yeah, I understand what you're saying. The production yeah. was about catching bass on fly. It wasn't about the rod and reel they were using no. or the lures they were using or the sunglasses they the were sunglasses wearing or they the caps wearing. they were wearing. Or, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I get it. So, yes. It and would it's take funny. someone, it would take someone with um, a bit of freedom or just balls to, to put, put the cost up themselves to do it's, it. It's weird because I guess we're kind of in the best time ever to have the freedom to produce that because we're not relying on mainstream television. 
We've got yep. streaming platforms. I oh, know that's a different beast. That's all these days. That's almost a, that's a bigger deal than than mainstream television. That's hundred percent. That's huge. But I mean, you have a look. Just take the YouTube thing. Like, a, you know, outside of fishing, I listen to and follow a lot of comedians. They're finding the value in putting their specials out free online, and they're gaining more traction, and in turn, making more money out of releasing their content for free on YouTube. Yeah. Do you know, fun fact, that, and I'm not going to give you an exact number because I don't know if it's accurate, but I do know that it's a percentage in the 70s and potentially 80s now that all YouTube is consumed on a television. So 70%, wow. I'll call it 70, I won't go over the top, but it's. I've got a feeling it might be closer to 80 of all YouTube consumed is through a television. So not a phone, not a computer anymore. So that tells me that people are utilizing that because, you know, I would say a vast majority, a fair percentage of people have smart TVs. You know, that's the world we live in. I'm not saying everyone does. But so people are now just utilizing that as a television channel, Channel. platform. Yep. No shit. So to your point... It makes perfect sense that people are doing that. It's costing them yeah. nothing to air. It's costing them production costs. Which yeah, it's it would costing them doing to produce it. it. But there's no network to pay. No, that's right. There's no restriction on what content you're putting in. You're completely in charge. Yep. 100%. You, you which, dictate which that's what you never do say and you dictate that's how long your episodes before. go for. Yep. And you don't have to pay network. Mm. Now, I, I don't know how long that'll last before... You know, YouTube completely owns it and goes, well, guess what? We're going to start charging. You know, it might be a staggered, might be a staggered. You know, but once do, you, you... do you think maybe it's already gone too far? They couldn't do that even if they wanted to? Because say they started, say they started doing that, say they started doing that, all it would take would be for a third party to come in with a different Another streaming version. platform and all they would just oh, say is it's not like that. But I reckon if I was Google and I own YouTube, I'd be saying fucking good luck. Yeah, yeah. Welcome. But, yeah. Because let's face it, Meta have done that. They're yeah, basically they now charging. But if you want your shit seen, you've got to pay. Yeah, exactly. You're not getting it organically anymore. No. Nah. So, I don't know. I don't know. I hope it's not. In, I mean, because and, and, what, 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 what I would hate for is if YouTube decided to start charging people to upload content which would then deter people from creating. I think that would yeah. be a shame. What I, what I would think would be a better idea was to if they went to the creators that are reaching, I don't know, it might be a tiered, staggered thing. If you're reaching 100,000, 400,000, a million, then you'd have different price points. Because As then it can be justified. Earnings, earnings or to upload? Upload. Like if, you, if your audience is X amount, like let's say 100,000 would be the lowest tier, then you have to pay X amount per upload, yeah. which might not be much. But when you think about the amount of creators on YouTube, it doesn't need to, the fees don't need to be high for YouTube to start really raking it in. Yeah. Even though they already are, because advertising's on there, right? So if advertisers are paying massive dollars to go to YouTube. So they're reckon- in a win win. They're in an reckon- absolute win win. What do you reckon the percentage of people that pay for like the YouTube premium so they don't have to watch the ads? It's got to be fuck all. 
Who, who uh, is reckon, doing that? Uh, yeah, I reckon. Who is paying for YouTube Premium? <laughs> if there, if there's anyone listening that is paying, no, no. But let's let's play devil's advocate for a minute. Tell us what what's better about it, because I, every time I get prompted, I'm just like skip, like as if I'm yeah. paying for that. But but I have noticed the amount of times that those ads pop up in a short video has increased dramatically. And I, and I get it. I, I'm not against it. I'm just saying I, mm. it has it has increased. But then I go and think <laughs> of say, do you remember? Do you remember having a Spotify account before you started paying for it? Yeah. I do. I can do my head in. Yeah, I yeah, couldn't yeah. wait to pay for it to get rid of the ads. Yet it's Same. never occurred to me to pay for YouTube to get rid of the ads. N- nah, it's never bothered me that much. Nah, Have oh, it you... shits me. But I'm still it shits me. It. I was going to say, no, nah, that's a lie. It does bother me. It shits me, but it's not. And the fuckers mm. are getting real crafty on where they put the ads in now. Like you could be watching oh, yeah. something and you're about to see it for the first time, hear about <laughs> yeah. it, or get to the point. Yeah. They're not dumb. <laughs> nah. But have you also noticed the odd ad popping up in Spotify Premium? No. Mm. I haven't. Watch to this be space, young Adam. <laughs> yeah, I have. I have. No shit. Not much. Not much. Yeah. You know, I've also um what I've also noticed creeping in oh, is no, actually, sorry, that's that's a lie. That's a lie. I hear them all the time. No, no, but I don't mean in show ads. I mean Oh, like in a like a song's playing, and then as the song yep. changes, an ad comes on. Yeah, never had it. Yeah, it's only just I've, I reckon I've had it three times in the last you know few months, and I'm just no like, shit. Oh, interesting. Well, I'm going to message you the Fuckers. second I hear something like that. <laughs> do you know what else I've noticed? Um, and you, I know you listen to a lot of podcasts as I do, and some of yours and some of mine that we listen to are international. I have noticed that the in show reads. Like say, let's just say Joe Rogan, for example, does a bunch of his ad reads that they are being replaced with Australian Yes, I've noticed that as well. So I'm assuming that would probably be only happening to the Spotify um, exclusive shows at the moment. Yeah. Because I've noticed that they're the ones that it's been happening in. So there'd be some sort of control there by Spotify that can actually swap out ads that are relevant. Yeah. Fucking, it's a mad world, mate. Oh, it's crazy. It's fucking nuts. <laughs> it's been good catching up, ads. I feel like uh, I feel like I've forgotten a few times that we're recording. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be yeah I know. I know. I couldn't tell I, you what we talk, we talked about. A lot of snapper fishing. But the thing is, and and I do want to make a genuine shout out here to our listeners because I've had quite a few messages over the last couple of weeks just saying, "Hey, guys." And do you know what I've loved? It's not when's the show, what's happening with the show, you guys finish. I've had a couple of messages straight up that are saying, you guys okay? And I thought, fuck, that's yeah, yeah. nice, isn't it? <laughs> no, I'm being serious. I didn't like, care that much. I know. And I, I, I appreciate it. I respect that. And thank you to all of you that have flicked a message out. Um, oh, good. Just needed a bit of a – we just got – just got mad there for a bit. Yeah, I was away a lot. Like you were on the road a lot. And yeah. we just thought, ah, oh, we'll we won't try and force it. We'll just catch up when we get back, and this is what this has been. It's been a good catch up, and uh, it's, I feel like I'm. I feel like you guys, anyone who's listening right now, I honestly feel like they're sort of sitting with us in this sort of circle. And we're just having yeah. a chat, and we get a lot of that feedback too. Um, that people feel like they're sitting around with us, and that's awesome. That's what we love, and I hope you can crack a Castle Main Brewery Forex Gold at some <laughs> point. And- 
I might just start being a regular Forex gold drinker. I used to sm- we used to dominate a Forex gold on the boat, didn't we? Yeah, it's 7am. But that was a long time ago. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm realising it's a bit rough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll keep at it. But you know yeah. what? We're back. And back, man. You know, keep... For the listeners out there, keep the topics rolling in. Luke and I have still got a we've still got a, oh, yeah. ba- a bank of uh, yeah of the hard hitting questions up our sleeve that we'll tackle over the over the coming weeks and into the yeah. foreseeable future. But we thought, oh, we'll just sit down and talk a bit of shit for a bit and see what sure. see what happens. A bit of a catch up. The thing is, see what's going on. The thing is, we this whole the the premise of this whole show was to make basically to share with people the conversations that you and I have and those yeah. questions that pop up every week are genuinely questions that you and I have, you know, the, the likes of those questions that have popped up in our conversations while fishing or on a road trip or something over the years. And ultimately, mate, this has been a catch-up because I genuinely haven't really seen you yeah. for a couple of weeks. So, And I think, you know, potentially the next couple of weeks might be catch-ups. I don't know. But I don't know. If, you, if you're really got something that you're desperate for us to chat about, let what us know What would you like sure. to hear us talk shit about? But this is great and this is what it's all about and we want to we want to invite you all back into the conversation and join our catch-ups, join in the question asking, have a bit of fun with us. We can talk about anything. Just like we were talking about with Spotify versus, sorry, with YouTube versus TV ads. This podcast is not owned by anyone <laughs> could go, could other go than anywhere. us. <laughs> and there's more ownership for you guys, our listeners, than there is for any sort of network. So if you want us to talk about something, you tell us, and we'll. Yeah. I'd we'll I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear what the listeners what. What real serious production would you like to see? Name a host and name what you would like to see them do. Mm. Okay. I, I reckon there's a. I reckon there's still a market for that sort of stuff. I'd watch the shit out of it, to be honest. Like a proper. Decent production with a point. I'd like to on a see, journey for whatever species. I'm not going to continue that. I was going to be stupid. It's a stupid <laughs> joke. It's getting late. I was just going to make a stupid joke. Do it. You can't. It's, it's out, not. Man. It's just. It's not relevant. And, and it's, I was. I would have let myself down after I said it. I said, "What are you doing? Time and place. <laughs> this isn't the platform." <laughs> oh, it's been a big week. It's been a big week. It's only. Fuck, it's only the start of the week. What are we doing? Yeah, it's all good. Anyway, but what what I'm excited about, and we, we're we not saying a word, but we've got some pretty cool stuff coming up. Yeah, we have. And we'll be dropping. It's been fun to talk can, about. It's been so much fun to talk about. As soon as we can lock some of this stuff away that we're talking about, we're talking, we're, it, it's it's yeah. getting to you guys. Yeah. Because the, the, the only thing I'll say is you guys out there listening are a part of it. Yeah. You'll be involved. It's going to, it's going to be fun. Yeah. I wish we Thank could be like way. Oprah and just like buy a plane and put everyone in it and go to somewhere. Like you're How going to be? America. Oh, mate. <laughs> Where would we go? Where would you go? Where would you? If we took, let's just call it, we could, we've only got room for 150 and us. And oh, I'll fly if we have to. But uh, <laughs> where are we going? Proficient trip. South America. Bang. Peacock bass. Done. See ya. Mm. Do you know what popped into my mind first, weirdly? What? Like, over to either the Cook Islands or Christmas Island, bone fishing yeah. and GTs. Yeah, nice. And I don't know why. It just did. Well, that's fair. Sight casting roosters off the beach, that'd be sick. Oh, 
Where is that? Is that like, Roosterfish, South sure. America. Yeah, I think we so. did an episode on this like literally a few weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, but that but that wasn't where you catch them. It was how good it'd be if they were oh, swimming off Gunnamatta Back yeah, Beach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Gunnamatta. Where was it, Gunnamatta? <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> 40 gram metal slug yeah. <laughs> Nine foot spin what, rod What about float tube and those giant tarpon That'd be sick See, part of me's like, fuck that I just think I'm going to get my leg chewed off Any minute now Ah, oh, worth it mm, Fair <laughs> enough but, <laughs> but it would be cool Yeah, I don't know I don't know, there's a lot But anyway That's not what we're doing by the way So don't get your hopes up Yeah, no <laughs> Even if I could afford a plane. No, I can't. So it's just yeah. a stupid comment. So <laughs> I'll just sit, I'm going to sit here and shut up. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, we'll wrap up. This has been a long one, but I think it's... It's been good fun. I think it's been worth it. We needed to catch up. Ads. Good catch up. We needed to catch up with our friends out there having a listen. Um, ladies and gentlemen, stick around because we'll be back and we've got heaps more to talk about. We've got more catching up to do, let's be honest. Yeah. It's been a big few weeks. Yeah, uh, in the meantime... Grab yourself a Forex Gold. I shouldn't say that because what if another beer company wants to sponsor our show? Oh, it's a good hey, if you want to, if you are a some sort of micro brewer, <laughs> whatever distiller, are we shooting too high? Forex Gold. <laughs> yeah, no, we need to. We need to get. I need to. We need to bring it back more, a bit more local to some of the local sort of distilleries, yeah. gin distilleries. Um, we need a good, you know, yeah, good old fashioned frothy sponsor. You know, I'm a sucker for a gin. Uh, one of the last podcasts I produced, we had a gin sponsor, and whew, maybe that's what ended that show. Yeah. <laughs> we drank a lot of gin. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, all right, let's do it. Um, jump on Instagram. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know if there's anything at all that you'd like us to talk about. Anything, like anything. Um, we will have a go at it. We'll we will attack that and have a crack. Uh, and follow along, have some fun, tell your friends, subscribe, and um, we'll see you again next time. It's good to be back, Luke. It's good to be back. We are back.